Welcome to Insight, the insurance news podcast hosted by me, Andrew Sawcox. In this week's Clint Eastwood-sponsored edition of Insight, we cover the good, the bad, and the ugly. Are the catastrophes of the last year hiding some bad financials? It looks bad for general insurance, and it's a picnic compared to life. Perhaps they need to ask for a few dollars more. The Actuaries Institute recommend government intervention into insurance affordability and ask, do you feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? It's all changed at the ICA after a major personnel restructure. And finally, Zurich's million-dollar baby, their parental leave overhaul allows me to finish this tiresome pun on a new low. Hello, everyone. I'm joined by Terrick McMullen, publisher of Insurance News. Morning, Terry. Morning. What's your favourite Clint Eastwood film? Oh, definitely. I th- I'm a Dirty Harry fan. And I'd also like to welcome John Deeks, our managing editor. John, of today's panel, which one of the good, the bad and the ugly are you? Oh, definitely ugly, I'm afraid. Oh, John. <laughs> <laughs> There's a few of us that think, think we'd, um, we compete for that one. Okay, so on to today's main stories. APRA's latest update shows an industry recorded an annual fall in net profit of almost 75%. We've talked about the challenges from the bushfire and storm catastrophes, as well as obviously the effect of COVID-19. My question to you, Terry, is this a one-off perfect storm or are these events hiding a larger problem? Well, I don't think the storm's perfect and I don't think it is hiding a larger problem. What it is highlighting is that we have a lot of problems coming along at once. Certainly coronavirus is at the the very top of the uh, list of problems, which has, of course, led to things like the BI issue, which is still going to, uh, still has to play out. But when you look at the, the results that APRA published, you'll, you'll see that, that there has been a, a massive decline over the, the past nine months um, due not only to the, the uh, pandemic, but also to the, the catastrophes that the industry has had to deal with uh, through the, the first part of the year. Underwriting profit dropped 16.4% and investment income, which is a major consideration for insurers, dropped a massive 68.2% to $1.2 billion. Um, that, that, that's quite massive. And then gross claims expenses, of course, in, increased. The insurers are indeed planning to keep the, the rise in premiums going through the next year, and I think that's going to raise some problems with with, uh, some customers, but I think it's something that has to be done. I I really don't see that uh, we can do anything but ride this out. And I do believe that from some of the ratings agencies' projections, I would expect that we'll see a a better year beginning to emerge around about halfway through next year. So, John, is this just part of the overall insurance industry cycle? Well, as I think we've said before, and as Terry just mentioned, insurers struggling with profitability certainly indicates that the hard market phase of the cycle is set to continue for some time yet. And as Terry also mentioned, these figures show again that it's not necessarily arising claims events like COVID or catastrophes that's the key problem. It's that drop in investment income which is really hurting and as Terry said, that that fall for, I believe, of 68.2% is really significant and causing a lot of pain. We don't mention the life side much, but it's even more sobering for them too, John. Well, yes, at least the general insurers are making a profit, albeit a reduced one. The APRA stats show the life industry made an after-tax net loss of $1.6 billion in the 12 months to September, compared with a $220 million profit a year earlier. 
life insurers are also suffering from diminishing investment returns, but appear to have a much bigger problem on the underwriting side than general insurers, with products like disability income insurance racking up serious losses. After all this, what is it going to mean in 2021 and beyond, Terry? Well, you've got to hope that it starts to improve next year. We have, we will have a vaccine coming in sometime next year. We'll also, I think we can expect the investment markets to, to rise. The, the risks, I guess, for insurers are going to be how quickly they want to recoup their losses or get back into a, a more satisfactory position by raising premiums further. There is a little bit of talk around the industry about the fact that the level that premiums are at now is far more accurate than it was a few years ago, simply because competition was was what was guiding pricing. So I think that we will see a prolonged period of higher premiums. Is that indicative of what appears to be a long soft market? And so we're now entering into a long hard market? Or have I got the wrong end of the stick? No, you're, you're, it, it's not entirely wrong. The insurance cycle is a little bit out of kilter at the moment because you don't usually expect the insurance cycle to, to get things like a COVID-19 coming along. And COVID-19, of course, is, is the reason why we, we've seen such massive drops in investment income. Certainly, underwriting discipline is everything now for both insurers and for brokers. It's really a a lot harder doing their job because, of course, they are really having to do the hard yards to to actually get cover for their clients. The industry could do with some good news, but the follow-up from the business interruption test case continues to show that this is a global issue that is not going away. Right, John? Yes, that's right. It's not going away, much as insurers would like it to. According to an AM Best report, here in Australia, there is still a huge lack of clarity. And we did have clarity in one sense, as we've reported, the New South Wales Court of Appeal ruled against insurers in the test case on the outdated Quarantine Act wording issue. But as we've said, there's potential to appeal that ruling plus the possibility of a second test case on other issues. AMBES says there's also further uncertainty on how any claim settlements for COVID-related shutdowns would be calculated. Meanwhile, Fitch predicts that BI cover across the world will be redefined in the wake of the pandemic, with government-funded solutions likely. Overall, I'd say we're still some way from knowing exactly how all this is going to play out. All this leads us again to insurance affordability. The Actuaries Institute say targeted government intervention is needed. Terry, this is yet another report that highlights a growing issue for businesses. So why aren't we doing something about it? Well, the actuary's call is really far more to do with, I guess, the the issue of household costs. The Actuaries Institute is really talking about the the impact of all these higher premiums on uh, householders. They say the overall goal of government should be to improve the profile of the population to maximise insurability of properties and minimise the need. In other words, they're talking a lot more about mitigation and the need to future-proof Australia uh, to make insurance more affordable, which is all well and good, but that's a long-term project. And I think if governments are going to start actually looking at the impact that they have on the uh, cost of insurance, we should therefore direct them to the the big lie coming out of New South Wales, where more than 50% of the premium can be paid in things like the fire services levy, GST, and then on top of that, to actually maximise 
recognise the, the take for the state, then they put on stamp duty. Most states put stamp duty on the end, and those are issues that can be addressed by all the states and would provide a huge boost to households. We're not seeing it because, as Paul Keating once famously said, you never get between the state government and a barrel full of money. And uh, this is a a hidden tax that people don't pay attention to, but it does have a really significant impact on household premiums. So the idea of targeted government intervention, maybe it should be they should withdraw some of those taxes, you're saying? There have been so many inquiries and even the the Commerce Commission have said that the whole issue of state taxes, particularly stamp duty, but in the case of New South Wales, also the fire services or the emergency services levy, it's just, it's criminal. They are actually making it almost impossible for some people to adequately insure. So yes, fine, let's talk about mitigation, but let's also talk about mitigating some of these government taxes. In other news, it's been a busy few months for new ICA CEO, Andrew Hall, with a restructure making several key managers redundant. Terry, should we be concerned with the number of personal changes recently? Well, let's see. The the head of communications, Campbell Fuller, the head of government and stakeholder relations, Richard Shields, have both been made redundant and a very, very political but very skilled practitioner of the art. And Matthew Jones has joined as, as GM Public Affairs. John Anning, who uh, is the head of regulation policy, is going to retire eventually. So yes, that, that's quite a, a lot. I, I did see oh, a couple of CEO appointments ago where we did have a, a CEO at ICA who came into the place and basically fired everybody and very successfully threw out the baby with the bathwater. They had to basically start all over again. The new CEO, Andrew Hall, is a very experienced public affairs practitioner with a lot of government experience. And I would expect that we will be seeing the Insurance Council becoming more activist, if you want to uh, use that word, to push some of the industry's issues, particularly around things like climate change, taxation, recovery from disasters, etc. So I think it's altogether appropriate that he gets to choose the team that he takes forward to do it. John, we've started this week's podcast with the ugly. So let's move on to the good and the bad. Your journalist reported on Zurich's revamp of parental leave, but also that men in the industry still out earn women around 20%. Can you elaborate on those? Yes. So Zurich has to be applauded for its new progressive parental leave policy. The new family care policy, as we reported, supports employees and reflects the wide variety of modern Australian families. The policy allows parents 16 weeks paid leave with the ability to request up to two years. Unfortunately, as you say, our professional section also shows there's still much work to be done on gender equality with an article on the latest workplace gender equality agency figures. Across all industries, Australian men still out-earn women on average by more than $25,000 or 20%. In general insurance, it's even worse, with the gap rising to 23.2%. And women make up just 13.5% of insurance CEOs. Really, I guess these figures show that despite all the good work done by events such as the Dive In Festival, there's still a very long way to go. And that brings us to the end of this week's Insight podcast by Insurance News. Thank you once again to our panel, Terry McMullen and John Deeks. 
Enjoy your week and thank you all for listening. If you have any questions or comments, please email us, editor at insurancenews.com.au. We value your input. You can read all these stories and many others at your leisure at insurancenews.com.au. You can subscribe to the Insight Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Acast, and all your favorite podcast platforms now. We look forward to catching up again next week.